This episode of the Cinemavention podcast is brought to you by Routing Wonk, RozJ001, Alex Hanna, and Wabbit Magic. Want to find out how to become one of the names listed? Go to patreon.com slash wscottis1 to find out how. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Star Wars. <gasps> Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, it's the granddaddy of them all. We will be discussing the movie Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, which my guest has seen before. He is the host of the Ritual Misery podcast. Please welcome back once again to the show, Kent Falor, a.k.a. Del Noche. Kent, it's good to have you back, man. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. I am thrilled to be back, especially today of all days. Absolutely. Yeah, that it is. Today is May the fourth when we're recording this. And uh, it is a it is a big day in terms of uh, Star Wars fans uh, because everybody it's star wars day i mean it's kind of an unofficial holiday though that um that star wars and eventually disney after them just kind of took it and ran with it almost in a way you know yeah heck yeah man i i mean i have even people that wouldn't consider themselves star wars fans will still say may the fourth be with you so like yeah, yeah. it's very pervasive yeah absolutely Let's jump into the stats real quick here. So Star Wars Episode 4, or as some people, some nerds would like to refer to it as just Star Wars, of course. Yes, that, uh, is, the, that is the original title. <laughs> right, yeah. Star Wars uh, Episode 4 is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors and is available to stream on, of course, Disney+. Plus. Star Wars Episode 4 was released by 20th Century Fox on May 25th, 1977. The movie was directed by George Lucas and stars Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Peter Cushing, and Alec Guinness. Uh, the movie had a budget of $11 million and made $775.8 million in theaters. Three quarters of a billion dollars. That's insane. Uh, yeah. Ken, when was the first time that you saw this movie? Because I know that you have seen this movie uncountable times. I've seen this movie. I've spent more hours of my life watching this movie than you probably have hours alive. Like, I have seen this movie more than any other movie in my life. Um, however, so I was born in the year 1977. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was still in the womb uh, for another like month and a half when this movie was released. So uh, obviously I did not see it in the first run in the theater. Uh, my first time seeing this movie was on VHS sometime in the early 80s in the infancy of VCRs being in the home. The first movie I saw in the theaters was the sequel to this movie, The Empire Strikes Back. And I was very small, but I still remember it very clearly. So I was a, a lifelong Star Wars fan. So when my dad rented a VCR, one of the first movies he rented with it was Star Wars. And uh, like I was probably six, six years old, something like that, when yeah. I saw this movie the first time. 
So yeah, and 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 this is like it, it, Star Wars is one of those movies that like even if you have not seen it, which I, it, to be fair for me, it's I have actually seen a couple of the Star Wars movies beforehand. But the only reason we're still going to count them as I haven't seen it, because let's be honest, like I wasn't paying attention for mo for most of the movies when I was watching them. You know, it was it was always <laughs> like it it was with the church group after uh, VBS. It was like a it was like a tradition to go to the youth pastor's house and watch the uh, and watch a Star Wars movie after mm. all the VBS workers got done. So, you know, it was one of those things. Right. I wasn't actively paying that much attention to it. Right, yeah, yeah, you're paying more attention to the pizza or the joke your buddy made or mm -hmm. something that some shenanigans that were going on, uh, and not so much the movie. Yeah, and I there totally was pizza. It. I will, I will say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a VBS kid myself. I remember the pizza. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But but even then, it's like Star Wars being so pervasive in culture. It's like I feel like you, in some senses, you have already seen the movie even if you have not seen the movie before, especially in my case, right? Because when I was watching this movie, um, episode four, I am almost positive that I had not seen this particular movie before. Now, granted, I have mm -hmm. seen, um, there was a movie, a, a Star Wars movie that we watched that, um, that my youth pastor still had the original VHS copy of. So it was it was mm. one of the, it was one of the older ones. So I have seen one of the original trilogy of the movies. I know that for a fact. I just couldn't tell you which one I saw at this point. Right, right. Yeah. Um yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so it's it is so pervasive in pop culture like there's been countless parodies of it. Um you've seen clips of the movie, I guarantee it in in many yep. different contexts throughout your life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the parodies, just the, the pop culture references. So like you'll be watching a movie or just, just being in public with friends, you will hear people just quote the movie. Like it's, it is absolutely everywhere. And like, I, I hear, I doubt a week goes by that I don't hear a complete stranger make a reference to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was, and that's the question that I want to pose because with Star Wars being so pervasive as it is, and with me knowing a lot of the characters going into it, like, obviously, mm -hmm. I know who Luke Skywalker is, Darth Vader, like, um, Princess Le Leia, like, I know all of these characters going into it. Like, it's not a complete surprise mm -hmm. to me when I see this movie for the first time and seeing those characters, right? But it's the mm -hmm. essential story arc of the movie that's really kind of the part that I haven't seen before, you know? And so in my mind, like having seen all of this star Wars culture and in many cases, knowing what I know about the movies and the franchise, does it mm -hmm. ruin it for a first time watcher? And my answer to that question is it depends, right? Because okay. mm -hmm. if you're talking about the actual, like, if you're talking about like the the story being like ruined or anything like that, absolutely not. No, like me okay. watching the movie for the first time, it was just as good, just as fun to see the movie for the first time. Having said yeah. that, though, I will say that it, it did kind of make it feel a little less fun seeing it for the first time, knowing what I already know. Does that make sense? 
It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it because, because you know the scenes. You know the spoilers and so forth. Um, but Star Wars is one of those films that is, like, it's a classic story. It is, it is the hero's journey. Uh, you know, a, a farm boy becoming a knight and slaying the dragon, right? Which in this case is the Death Star, right? Um, he has to rescue a princess along the way. He uh, joins up with a, you know, a rogues gallery of, of companions uh, that help him on his journey. Uh, there's character growth. There's, I mean, it, yeah. it is, it is very much a classical story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in my mind, like the, 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 the fact that the, the, the story, like there are essential story arcs in, in this movie that I will say genuinely was the first time me seeing those for the first time or if I have seen them before, for, like this was the first time they actually made sense. You know what I mean? Like it, it's when it finally, it's one of those things where if you haven't seen the movie before and you see, mm. and you see those things that you already know about, but you know, the context surrounding it now, suddenly it makes it that much more special of a story when you're watching it for the mm-hmm. first time, especially. Yeah, I can see that. So I had, I had a, a somewhat related experience when I was a kid, because like I said, I saw Empire Strikes Back first, which is the sequel to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so my first, my first theatrical experience was Empire Strikes Back. So I fell in love with these characters, not having seen this, this movie. So I had a major spoiler uh, that happened in Empire um, that, um, you know, I knew going into watching this movie. Now, granted, I was I was young, like I don't have an adult perspective on this. Um, but it, like at that young age, it it only endeared these characters and the situation uh, that much more to me because I already I went into it with a with a little bit of context and a lot of love for the character in the setting. Mm-hmm. the characters in the setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no and and it's funny that you mentioned that because because you when you were watching this movie for the first time, you didn't know any of the characters going into it. And that's something that I think makes this first time watching more significant for me. I think this is the biggest like mm. difference between you seeing it for the first time and me seeing it for the first time is that because mm. I knew the characters going into it I personally felt that the story was much more easier to follow because I mm. knew the, all the characters going into it. Now, having said that, though, it's not like Star Wars is a super complex story to f- figure out. But at the sure. same time, like uh, there are a few there it, it, there are a few things that you may miss the first time around when watching the movie, if you don't know all of the entire characters. And that's part of my Mm. problem with watching movies just in general is trying to figure out, like it takes a while for me to establish characters in my brain and to figure out who's who and what's going on in this situation. So Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. my mind, it was a benefit really that I knew the characters going into it. But I think, but for some others, I don't know if that's, necessarily a benefit per se i don't know that might be a little bit of a hindrance yeah well and and maybe maybe uh but i think that these characters are so simple they're they're very much archetypes you know you've got the you know the the young hero or the you know the the transitioning hero you've got the the dashing rogue in han solo 
you know, you've got the princess, Leia, you've got the sidekick, Chewbacca. You know, like they're they're pretty easy to establish right off the bat what their their archetype is. And uh they establish their motivations very early on. So I think this is a simple a simple enough story where whether you know the characters ahead of time or you you meet them as you go, um I, I think I think most people like just kind of get it the first time. Yeah. Well, here's an example of something that was relatively new my first time watching this movie. So when you when you're watching this movie um, throughout, like you're seeing, like, obviously you get the idea that Darth Vader is the bad guy, the guy that you're watching Mm -hmm. out for in the in the Star Wars universe. Right. Like, I I feel Mm -hmm. like that's obvious right from the get go. Right. But at the same time, I never I don't think I really fully understood why Darth Vader was going through all of this trouble and was, you know, causing all of this mayhem in, in this universe. Right. And that mm-hmm. was until, you know, because you, you, you hear this mentioned all the time about the plans, find the plans. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and in my mind, that was, that was the first time where I was just like, Oh, okay. So that is why, that is why Darth Vader is like causing all this mayhem is because he wants to have the plans so he can, as far as I know, basically have full control over the universe as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. 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 So the, yeah. So the, the death star plans is the MacGuffin of the film. Mm -hmm. Um, It could have been, it could have been literally anything until the exact same story, but they made it the death star plans. Um, So, so the idea is that the death star is the, ultimate weapon of the empire this is the most powerful weapon that allows the empire to maintain control and the rebels got a hold of these plans which is going to reveal a way to destroy the death star therefore lessening the power of the bad guys so the the good guys want to keep the plans so that they can exploit it and destroy the death star the bad guys want to stop that from happening so it becomes the macguffin of of the movie yeah and um and and when you hear and you when you hear that for the first time like that's when it finally clicks into my head as to you know what is actually going on here and why there is mm-hmm. so much fuss about all of this um right and 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 when you talk about um Luke Skywalker because because Luke's origin story is is it's an interesting one right because cuz Luke is talking about how he wants to be a Jedi like his father, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say it's unfortunate that I know why that line is significant. If, if you somehow have not seen the movie before, I'm not going to spoil why it's significant, but but it's unfortunate <laughs> that I know that already because sure, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because I. It's interesting to me that Luke Skywalker starts out as basically a farmer, almost like I mean, it, mm-hmm. it is literally his job title. Like he's working with his aunt and uncle on the farm, and his uncle needs mm-hmm. him to stay around for just one more season of crops, you know, and then yep. you know they'll they'll have enough to hire more help, right? And so that struck me as like Luke is just a just an ordinary farmer initially, not even like associated with like you know the the like 
like not even associated like with being a Jedi or anything, right? Yeah, and and literally he doesn't even know the word Jedi until Obi-Wan says that your your father was a Jedi and he was like a Jedi. He's like, "Yeah, we were the 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 knights, the 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 guardians of of peace in the galaxy and 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 so forth." And then he was like, "Oh, cool. Yeah, I want to be a Jedi like my father." It's like you didn't even know what that was five minutes ago. Yeah, it's like you just you just you just sound it just sounds cool, and you want to be a part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and that's I think that's part of what makes Luke Skywalker as a character so great is he's all of us as a teenager. Yeah, like, you know we 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 grew up with simple lives. I mean, the vast majority of us grew up very simply, uh, you know, modest uh, upbringing. Uh, you know, parents have like, you know, at least in our eyes as teenagers have simple, boring jobs. Uh, life seems mundane and we want adventure. We want to go on to do something great. So this idea of your father, who you never knew, uh, was this great warrior, this great Jedi Knight and, a, and an amazing uh, a pilot. And, you know, th- there's this opportunity in front of you to to pursue that same path and just have amazing adventures i mean what kid wouldn't want well and 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 his uncle is not even like like he doesn't i don't know see it's hard to tell because his uncle is like really wants him to stay around for the harvest but at the same time he's also i i don't know it's almost like he knows what's what's going on and he doesn't want Mm -hmm. luke to be associated with that I, it, it almost feels like it's more of a, like a um an uncle like it, I know it's not the same thing but I know, um but it's like a dad protecting his son from danger like it, it feels almost yeah like that no I would me. say I would say it's exactly that I I think yeah. I think Uncle Owen really just wants to protect Luke uh because you know he was his guardian he he raised him uh you know Owen and Baru aunt and uncle uh raised him. So it's the only parents that Luke has ever known. And um, yeah, they want nothing but to protect him. And they know the history of, of you know, his father, his father, who was this great warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they know that it, it led to bad things. And they don't want that for for their son, quote, son, right? They don't want sure. that. So, so yeah, if, the longer I can keep my kid at the house where he doesn't expose himself to danger. Like you're damn right. That's like, that is a, that's a legit motivator for a parent. Yeah. Yeah. No, it uh, definitely uh, brings some, uh, some personal experiences to mind for sure. Um, (laughs) Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some, some elements of overprotectiveness, I guess in there, but Mm -hmm. every teenager thinks that their parents are overprotective. Like I want to have these experiences, mom and dad. No, you're not old enough or, you know, this, you know, you're, you, your friends are a bad influence, you know, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Like we all went through that, you know, and right. this is just a, a grander version of, of what we all experienced. Right. And, you know, turns out Luke made the right choice and, you know, left with Obi-Wan Kenobi because, uh, the stormtroopers off screen destroyed his, um, the, his, <laughs> his house. And so, I think it's safe to assume that they're dead, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we literally see their burnt uh, skeletons. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. even notice that. Peace. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely see their burnt corpses, which is almost shocking for a PG movie to right? see burnt corpses. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Owen and Baru. 
That's wild. That's wild. But, uh, yeah. you know, no Star Wars movie is complete without talking about R2-D2 and C-3PO. It, look, name a more iconic duo. I'm waiting, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these days, no. I mean, you know, 50 years ago, we could have said, like, Abbott and Costello or something, but uh, no. Fair. Uh, R2 and 3PO are, they are the duo. I mean, they're they're kind of like a a uh, bumbling clown duo in a way they're kind of like a, <laughs> a you know a two a two person comedy team uh, but they also they get it done you know like mm-hmm. they're always in the right place at the right time uh, to provide you know whatever help the heroes need uh, they're they're amazing assistants and uh companions and so forth and 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 great comedy relief while while they're at it yeah and it's and 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 C-3PO being um being so mad at like R2D2 just causing all of this crap to happen and it's just like oh yeah really is very fussy. He's very fussy. Yeah, right. Like, but but also it's like we we all know that one friend that's just like causing havoc wherever you go. And it's just like (laughs) really come dude, come on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yes r2d2 is definitely that outgoing friend that's that's always getting the you know all the all the other friends in trouble and uh-huh. 3po is the one that's like oh come on guys like come on let's not do that it's come on he's the one that's trying to he's trying he's the one that's trying to like keep everything um you know in order and keep everything yeah. you know <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> going right r2d2 just does not give a fuck you know what i mean yeah r2 r2 is a chaos agent <laughs> <laughs> right so let's talk about the force because okay the force it's obviously it's like again it's like it's one of those things where i know what the force is going into this right like i'm familiar with the mm. concept of it right but if mm. you think about it like it's it's this sort of like abstract concept where like where it's like yeah no everyone talks about you know the force will be with you right and, and all mm. of this stuff mm. right and it, it really is one of those things where i feel like i didn't truly understand it until i actually saw the movie um and and you know got to experience that you know as a first time watcher it's like okay yeah no this is really what the force is about is and, mm-hmm. and you know and that's why those plans are so desperately wanted right yeah so yeah the the force is basically like a stand in for religion uh, yeah. so like when, when when you say may the force be with you like just substitute that with god right like may god be with you you know, it's, it, it's exactly that. It's like the, you know, it's the, uh, you know, the, the force of the universe, you know, God, if you will, um, the, what, what makes the force in the movie different than religion is this actually gives you magical powers. Um, and, but other than that, like the, the you know, the, the fact that this, this mystical force exists and all that sort of stuff, like it is a one for one stand in for religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but, but just like any good fantasy movie, you got to have magic. So they, they basically comp- combined the two religion with, with magic and there you go. You got the force. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, like when Darth Vader, uh, destroys that planet and Obi-Wan says, there's been a disturbance in the force. I'm just like, yeah, that's kind of what happens when you destroy a planet. Of course they can't, <laughs> of course they don't know that, you know, but 
it, it, right, and what, right. what is that line where it goes like it, it's as if I it, it's hundreds of people just cried out and all of a sudden yeah their voices it, were it, silenced if, or it, something yeah 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 you're very yeah it's it, it's as if thousands of voices cried out in terror and then were suddenly silenced right I mean that's an iconic line in and of itself right yeah yeah absolutely yeah and I I will say <laughs> I this is the first time that I really got to see that Darth Vader has a boardroom of people with <laughs> you know he he like Darth Vader actually has like a um a boardroom of of people like advisors before he makes decisions which is interesting so, to me given how much like given how powerful Darth Vader is right so, so the the thing about that is like the boardroom it wasn't actually Vader's the boardroom belonged to Tarkin mm. so uh Grand Moff Tarkin or Governor Tarkin, as Leia calls him at some point in the movie. Um, he's the one that's in charge of the Death Star. Vader's basically the enforcer. Um, mm. He he mm. has a great deal of authority it, you know, within the Empire. Like he's basically the second in command of the Empire when it really comes down to it. But but militarily, he's kind of just there to be like the enforcer and the advisor. He's like an outside entity coming into the organization. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's really Tarkin's boardroom. So all the officers in the room work directly for Tarkin and Vader's just kind of there as like the, the attack dog. Yeah. Well, cause, cause he's all, cause he mentions how it's like, we can't let the rebels, you know, we can't re- let the rebels destroy what we've, what we've built up or, you know, something to that effect. Right. right. Like the, it almost right. seems like, um, it it almost seems like there is like there are two competing like sides to to this like group of people right like like you have the mm. rebels on one side then you got um you know Darth Vader and I forget what his um I forget what the Tarkin yeah Tar- right yeah Tarkin mm-hmm. yeah but like but you have like those two sides like almost fighting against each other. But mm-hmm. but but the boardroom is one of those things where I still don't understand it. I don't know why. I still don't get it. You know. It yeah. Well, it's basically government bu- bureaucracy, right? So you know, think of think of like r- real world military or or government organization. You know, whether it be like you know at a national level or just a local like town board, right? A very small town town board. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you you've got a lot of people with a lot of ideas that. Uh, are often in comp- competition with each other, uh, whether it's for political power or they really legitimately think they have the right answer and they want to argue for their their way forward, their plan. Um, and that I think that's kind of what they were, what George Lucas was trying to illustrate. There was like, look, here's here's this tired old bureaucracy of like bad people, you know, and our heroes are are coming in to to destroy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if that was like a, a, a statement against the government, you know, in quotes, the government. Um, but I could see a parallel there for sure. Yeah, but because because the way that you're describing it, too, with like Darth Vader is still like Darth Vader making the decisions. But it's almost like he's influencing the board to like make that decision, like to give their blessing on whatever Darth Vader decides to do, I guess. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and Darth Vader being being the bully, uh it, if you don't agree with with his point of view, he's going to make you agree. Mhm. Mhm. So, I that so look, like, the scene at the cantina, 
right? So jump jump mm-hmm. in a little bit in the story here. That that scene in the at the canti- cantina, that that was genuinely one moment where like that was just like very first time like like that that was that one surprised me as being a part of this movie if that makes sense like what of course it's essential to the story right but 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 like well what surprised you like the the um no, you just tell me. Like, what yeah. what was the thing that surprised I, you about it? it it's yeah. hard to describe, but I think it's the fact that, like, I, I think it's the fact that the, a very essential plot point happens at a cantina of all things. Hmm. I I don't I don't know what it is about it, but like, but the fact so that you've never played you've never played Dungeons and Dragons, have you? I uh, well, like every I've, every I've adventure like begins in a pub. I, I played like one game before, but. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. This is a trope. I mean, it, it, when you're in a fantasy setting, so and it's a it's definitely a Dungeons and Dragons trope where uh, your adventure begins in a pub. Like all the all the players are in a pub, and then something happens, and you're presented with the the adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was and even before Dungeons and Dragons, like this was just kind of a fantasy trope. Like, what is the gathering place? So like we think of pubs or cantinas or bars or what have you as just a place to go get fucked up uh, where like historically that's not what pubs are for. They're the, they're the public gathering place. They're it's yeah. the place where people meet with each other. It's the place where plans are hatched. It's the place where, um, you know, just that's where interactions take place. It almost and, reminds me of Casablanca in a way, you know, where everyone yes, is, yes. everyone is gathered at Rick's place, right? It's sort of the same yes, thing. Yes, right? exactly. The cantina in star Wars is basically Rick's place. 100%. I agree with you. Yeah. But also like, because here's the thing, like that cantina scene, like that does describe pretty much every bar out there. Pretty much. I, I mean, am I wrong? Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically like half the bars I've ever gone into. It's basically the cantina. <laughs> right. But also, um, but also, here's the thing I don't understand. It's like, they don't serve droids around these parts. I, first of all, droidist. But second of all, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure that well, that's, out. That's one of the great things about this movie. There's a whole lot of world building that's going on. So it's one of those things that's like, we don't, you know, your droids that got away outside. We don't serve their kind here. Uh, like, yeah, why? We don't know. Like, it's not explained. It's just one of those things like that, that after you've seen the movie, you maybe go watch it a second time. And these are the questions that you have. Like, Ooh, I bet there's a cool story of why they don't like droids. Um, and that was part of the brilliance of star Wars. It's got all these just little things happening in the background, set dressing mm-hmm. that, you know, that allows for your imagination to go crazy. Yeah, and I, and there's a specific example that I know we will uh, we will talk about a little bit later in regards to um uh in regards to uh I, I'm trying to remember, yeah the Jawas right where where oh, like okay. their story is just not seemingly not explained at all but um but we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that uh in a bit but also okay. um Jabba the Hutt makes an appearance in this movie. I this is the first time that I've seen I feel like this is the first time that I've seen Jabba the Hutt and and I don't know because because there are some people there are some Star Wars fans that just hate Jabba the Hutt for some reason 
And I feel like if now, granted, this is me only having seen this movie. So I'm trying, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm only basing it off of this movie, but I, I guess I'm still trying to figure out like why there's so much hatred for Jabba the Hutt. Like, I still don't quite understand this. It doesn't involve other movies though. Is that why? Yes. Yeah, so, so the thing is, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, I don't think a lot of people hate Job of the Hut. I think a lot of people hate this scene with Job of the Hut. So, originally, back in 1976, when they were filming this, they filmed a scene with this character, Job of the Hut. Now, back then, they didn't have CG. They filmed a dude wearing a, a, a rubber and like furry suit just mm-hmm. kind of walking around. And they're like, yeah, maybe we'll spruce this up at some point and do some some visual effects or something on it um, to kind of cover up the fact that he's just like a dude in a rubber suit. They didn't have the the budget or even really the technology to pull it off, so they cut that scene. That scene was not in the original cut of the movie. Now, fast forward, fast forward 20 years. So the special edition of Star Wars came out in 1997. Uh-huh. And that's when George Lucas decided, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to add in all the special effects that I wanted to. I'm going to tinker with a couple of the scenes. I'm going to add yeah. in some of the stuff that we had deleted. It's a, uh, it's a, it's an ET. It's an, it's another ET, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg, when he messed with ET, that was basically George Lucas had done it first with Star Wars. And that's where, where Spielberg got that that idea that he could tinker with his old movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, so that job of the hut scene didn't exist. Right. So as fans, as moviegoers, the first time we see job of the hut is in return of the Jedi, which is two movies later. And he was a giant mm-hmm. puppet, this giant slug creature uh, puppet that was, that was operated by three people inside this thing. That's, that was our introduction to job of the hut. And everyone loved that scene the the scene in job of the hut's palace is very similar to the scene the cantina scene that we just spoke about where there's all these creatures in the background there's a lot going on uh, it's kind of like a party atmosphere but there's something serious happening in the foreground mm-hmm. uh, it's very similar but everyone i say everyone uh most people like they they liked job of the hut uh, but it was years later, like I said, in 97, when the, re- the re-releases came out, that they put this scene back in with CGI over the actor to make it look look like the slug creature that they created for, for Return of the Jedi. And it didn't play well. First of all, yeah. the, the original release, because the, what, what, the version that you watched on Disney Plus is like, like four times later that they improve the cgi yeah like um, like the it, disney plus version is like probably has probably the newest copy out of all of them absolutely. We, were, we were talking about it during the prep for the show about how the um the old 20th century fox music is in the background but you have the new yep. 20th century fox logo it's the strangest thing right yes yes so to, so to finish the job of the hut thing the the first time so in 97 with the special edition the cgi for jabba looked Awful. I mean, it it looked like complete trash. Mm-hmm. And not only that, the scene, while it might be cool as a deleted scene, being in the movie really kind of sucks. Like it doesn't play well at all. The dialogue is trash. They had to do some weird 
magic stuff to 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 make it look like Han Solo stepped on Jabba's tail because yeah. originally there was no tail. Like it was just very janky looking. It didn't flow right. Um, Han Solo called Jabba a human being when he's a slug monster, mm-hmm. and it's like, what the hell? Um, yeah. So that's like the the quote Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. It's, a, so it's if, just about that scene being there. Yeah. So if I'm understanding it correctly, it's not that people hate Jabba the Hutt. It's the fact that they hate the fact that Jabba the Hutt was added for no reason to this yes. Star Wars movie. Correct. Absolutely okay. correct. Right. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I want you to finish your point because I was, I was kind of, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure. No, cause, there. cause I was just going to say like, cause the fact that, cause I'm glad that you said that too, because, because looking back on it now, like having seen the movie now, like, looking back on the scene and and knowing that whatever happens later on in the movie you're right it does kind of feel a little out of place like it just seems (laughs) like like it doesn't add too much to the story like like that's the only time you see him like it's not like Mm -hmm. they introduce job of the hut and then like it later on like he has like an important part like no like that's the only (laughs) <laughs> moment you see job of the hut so i okay i can sort of understand the hate now okay i get it now yeah yeah the thing i was going to go back to was you were talking about the 20th century fox logo oh yeah so star wars was originally released by 20th century fox uh, but later you know fast forward a, a few decades later disney bought star wars bought lucasfilm right which included star wars mm-hmm. uh so when they when they went to release the movie again, they had to remove the Fox logo from it. Recently, mm-hmm. uh, Disney purchased Fox, so they now had the rights to Fox again. So they right. re-added after the fact. They re-added the twenty twentieth century Fox, uh, the but fanfare, also, but and also add but the old logo. The, like just put the old logo back in why like, that's, yeah, that is that's so out of place yeah. that it's the new 20th century fox logo <laughs> but the old music yep. also there's probably continuity and and there's also like where where's that file again gary uh, i i can't find it <laughs> right I, you know uh, right. well just slap the new one on here whatever you know good enough right yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but uh I, here's the thing that I didn't realize um, going into this is how much of an asshole Luke is, especially like when, when he's talking about how small the millennium Falcon is like, yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, well, like why? And every, and everyone, everyone's got a chip on their shoulder. Like all of the, mm-hmm. all of the, the, the kids, right. The heroes, you know, Luke, Leia, Han, they they're all like these spunky kids in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know. So they they've all got a chip on their shoulder, and they're all like Leia even says about the Millennium Falcon, "Oh, you came in that thing. You're braver <laughs> than I thought." Uh-huh. You know, it's like they everybody's got just something to say about everything, and I think that's just that like, it kind of speaks to the late seventies. That's how that's how kids were back then. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it, but I it mean- stands out to me. Or that 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 Luke is a more of a pansy, like a whiny kid. Mm-hmm. Um, then the then the that stands out to me more than the fact that he's an asshole at times. It's that you know he he whines about things like like I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> it's like oh, whine some more, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> right, 
But also, like, it, it doesn't make up for the fact that Han Solo is basically in it for the money. So he's kind of a he's kind of an asshole too, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. Selfish. To, yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that it's like they get into. Uh, I think this is after they get out of the um, the trash um, compactor or whatever, mm-hmm. and Han Solo mm-hmm. basically is just like. So, yeah, I mean, we if we can avoid female advice, we'll do really great. And I'm right. just like, okay, buddy. Like, and, and, <laughs> yeah, but also, yeah, to yeah. be fair, Princess Leia kind of clapped back pretty good, too. So, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, like she's an asshole, too. Like, she she was True. like, she's talking about Chewbacca. She's like, can somebody get this walking carpet out of my way? Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so those were the things that I noticed as, like, as the first time watcher, like kind of seeing things for the very first time. And we were kind of alluding to it with the 20th century Fox thing and job of the hut scene being added later on. But you, but you mentioned like, this is not the first cut of star Wars, not even the second cut, probably like the third or fourth cut of this movie. Oh, it's no, it's even more than that. So when the movie first came out in 1977, it wasn't even called episode four, a new hope. Mm-hmm. There was none of that. It was simply Star Wars. And I mean, so you know at the beginning when when they have the opening crawl, like the words right up the screen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Classic, it actually says. Yeah, yeah. So like the first thing you see is Star Wars, right? And then that disappears. And then the crawl begins with episode four, A New Hope. Mm-hmm. It was a dark time, a rebellion, you know, so forth, right? Right. But that episode four, A New Hope, wasn't in the original cut. That came when they did the the second theatrical run. So like 1978 or, or 79, I'm not, I don't remember which, uh, but when they put it back in the theater for one more go, that's when George put that in there because he wanted it to feel more like, like an old Buck Rogers serial or an old uh, Flash Gordon serial where it was like, we're jumping into the middle of a story. That's what he wanted it to feel like. So he added that later and then, like I said, fast forward to 1997 when he released the special editions where he added CG and messed with things and put Job of the Hut back in mm-hmm. and things like that. And then every iteration, every release of the movie after that, he tweaked it even more. So the special edition came out on VHS, right? But then when they did a DVD release, he tweaked it again. And then when they did a Blu-ray release, this was after the prequels had been made, they did a Blu-ray release and they tweaked it again. And then mm-hmm. there was, I think, one more tweaking uh, where uh, they, they were releasing like a special edition collection of all six films. There were six films at the time. Mm-hmm. They were releasing a collection of all six films together and he tweaked it again. And then when Disney bought it, they tweaked it yet again. <laughs> so so the, the whole Greedo scene where he says, McClunky. Right before Han shoots him, uh, that that is a new thing. That is a Disney era brand new iteration thing when they put it on Disney Plus. That wow. the word McClunky did not exist until Star Wars came on Disney Plus. Wow, that's wild. Well, <laughs> and and here's the other thing I'm wondering too now, like because because you know the Disney Plus version, it's like we watched that one because it was the most readily available. You know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm watching this for the first time. It's like the nuances of like which cut of the movie we're seeing, like yeah. what, like yeah. like that's not really important for the first time watching it. R- realistically speaking, right? 
and probably not. I mean, the, yeah. the, the biggest, the dr- most drastic difference is the original cut. Well, I say original cut w- with or without the episode four piece, right? Sure. So sure. the original theatrical run versus the 1997 special edition. That is the biggest leap in difference between them. Everything yeah. else is just like minor tweak. Type stuff. And, it, and it's crazy too that they even called it episode four like it was you were saying it was like a year or two later i mean i would have told i would have expected them to call it episode four like when they announced like the prequels right but no it was even like before the prequels even which is wild to me you know yeah absolutely because when empire strikes back came out three years later it like the very first cut of that movie said episode five the empire strikes back and that was back in 1980 when Weird. that came out. So like it was, yeah. So he established it pretty early on. It just wasn't in the initial run of the movie in theaters. Yeah. I mean, cer- certainly, yeah. certainly they probably had, like, obviously they would have had to have had this planned for many, many, many years in the works, right? Like if you're going to call it episode four and episode five, right? You know, well, and, and well, and that was kind of the that was kind of the conceit of the creative decision to call it episode four. Mm-hmm. George Lucas uh, is, is a bit of a, a revisionist historian mm-hmm. where he will tell you that he had like, you know, volumes of material written and he knew the story of of Anakin Skywalker and all of this kind of stuff well in advance when that's not really true because his first draft of the movie he called Luke Skywalker, he called him Luke Starkiller, and he was more of a, a a combination between Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, like as we know those characters. Mm-hmm. And it was this whole thing. So the idea of, of putting episode four on there was basically a magic trick. It was an illusion to make you think that it was part of a larger story. Yeah, because um, because a lot even of- though in the be- in the beginning, he just yeah. basically had like the one movie in mind. Yeah, because because a lot of people have talked about, you know, because for the purposes of this podcast, um, for the first time through, and I think we've kind of agreed on this. It's like for the first time watching it through, it's probably best to watch them in release order. You know what I mean? Because that was the way that everyone saw it the first there, time. And but a lot of people have debates about which <laughs> about the order in which Star that's Wars. That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of debate. There's a lot of ba- debate out there. If you put a yeah. poll on Twitter, like you would get. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be uh, votes would be all over. Yeah, because not only like which, because uh, not only which movies to watch in which order, but also which versions to watch. You know, like which yeah, ones. And, and some people tell you to skip certain films. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of opinions. Yeah, so it, so it's it, very interesting to me, and it makes me wonder if I should seek out like an original VHS copy or like look for one on online somewhere of like one of the original cuts and and maybe see like maybe see it from that perspective. I don't know. That, I would that's suggest, way down the line though. Yeah, I would suggest that there there's several YouTube videos that do a side by side comparison of the different versions. Mm-hmm. Um and that that would probably suffice, I think. If like in I mean if you really want to watch Star Wars again, like you enjoyed it and you want to see it again, yeah, maybe try a different version. Uh, yeah. But if you're just like, ah, I just kind of want to see what the difference is, like, I, go to YouTube and there's plenty of videos that, that show yeah. the differences between them. Yeah. Um, one, before we move past this point, though, uh-huh. the biggest change in Star Wars from the original to the, the 1997 special edition is that George made one little decision that divided fans. 
he made Greedo shoot at Han first. Yeah, the, the classic question of who shot first. Who shot first? And OG Star Wars fans like me will be quick to tell you that Han shot first. Han mm-hmm. was a savage, stone-cold killer and mm-hmm. did not wait for Greedo to shoot at him first. He killed him without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Revisionist history shows that Green uh that uh, Greedo shot first and um that's just uh that just doesn't yeah. sit right. Yeah, cuz it, cuz it's <laughs> cuz it's an interesting thing though, right? Because cuz when it happens, right? Cuz you uh, as soon as I saw the two guns being drawn, I was like oh, this is it. This is the scene, right? Like I knew (laughs) immediately that this was the scene, right? And, and I will say having seen that for the first time, seeing the, the many revisions later of this, right? Like it's wild to me, like how, like, I don't know why, but it just (laughs) felt super clunky to me. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, yeah, totally. It, It very much was, but George Lucas had the same mindset as, so we were talking about E.T. before where right. Steven Spielberg, he took the guns out and put walkie talkies in the cops hands. Right. Right. It was the same mindset of I don't want, you know, I, well, like in Spielberg's mind, he didn't want, um, you know, violence toward children or whatever. Where George Lucas's mindset with changing that scene was that he didn't want Han Solo to be, uh, you know, to have th- that. um stigma on him that he was a a murderer or a killer or whatever uh they wanted him to be firing in self-defense uh which as a child i never got that wrong in my head i knew that that greedo was there to kill him and he was going to kill han and han acted first and and that was a heroic act and i think 99 percent of all star wars fans in the 80s understood that and that is very much a thing that did not need to be changed yeah, no, it it seems like the most ins- inconsequential thing to change too. Like, like why would you shoot something like or change something like that? Like, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, it's it's very very clunky, which uh, makes the 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 exclamation of McClunky uh, just that much more. <laughs> oh, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> Um, but did you realize Disney Plus has a Navajo version of the movie? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you go, so if you go to Disney Plus and you go to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, go mm-hmm. into the extras, scroll all the way to the end of the extras. There is a Navajo language dubbed version of the movie. Whoa. I discovered that yesterday, I think, or two days ago. I saw it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is cool." And I watched a couple of scenes and it is super smooth and super cool. And now because I, I know star Wars dialogue, basically like word for word all the way through, uh-huh. I might actually watch this movie just so I can learn Navajo. Oh my God. Now, <laughs> now correct me if I'm wrong, but is this, so it, fill, fill me in on this uh, language. Is this the one that they were, um, is this the one that they were using in the movie, like the ones where they weren't speaking English, or is that a different thing? No, that's that's different. All the languages, all of the non-English language in Star Wars is just made up. It, it, it's, oh, okay. Uh, okay. It's, an, it's all invented language. 
So Navajo is is a Native American language that's not quite dead. I would call it an endangered language. Interesting. And an academic group actually in 2013 actually put together a project to to do a translation of Star Wars in Navajo. Uh, partially just because they're Star Wars nerds sure. uh, that, that were Native Americans, but also they wanted to have just like a fun project to to preserve their language and their heritage oh, and that's culture. that's so and neat though. Yeah. And yeah, and this is the first time that is that's like really been widely publicly available was is when Disney Plus uh, put that on there. So uh, yeah, I, Man, I think yeah. It's, it's super awesome. Oh yeah, yeah no, that's great. Yeah, because I, I never even knew about this language entirely until you mentioned it just now that that's so cool though like like yeah Yeah. that's so awesome that they're preserving that language forever in star wars that that's so fantastic yep i love it um so all this talk about uh the different versions of the movie and everything so i the the first version that i saw was actually the second version uh that that already had the episode for a new hope on it Mm-hmm. And I, I'd gone my whole life with never seeing the the original cut without the episode four thing in the crawl, until a few years ago here in town, a group of nerds uh, that that were. Um, uh, I love how you're just basically like calling a, a them ch- a bunch of nerds, by the way. But carry on. <laughs> yeah, and I say that, and I say that lovingly because they're oh, my totally people. yeah. <laughs> so a bunch of Star Wars nerds uh, that were raising money for a charity. Uh, used one of our local movie theaters. Uh, it was called the Historic Sands Theater. It's still a like a it's an historic building here in Alamogordo. They used it to to show the original cuts of Star Wars and the the uh, uh, admission, if you will, was just a donation. So like you didn't, there was no ticket price. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, come be a part of this and just give a donation. I think I because like. Uh, me and Steph and the boys went to see, and I think I threw them like, I don't know, 30 or 50 bucks or something like that. And because it wasn't really a ticket, right? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I went there and I was expecting to see episode four, a new hope in the opening crawl, but somehow they got a version of the film that, that predates that they got the no kidding original cut of the movie. And I was so stoked. I knew about it like as a legend, Right. This was my first time actually seeing it. And I got to see it. You've heard all the stories that this version exists out there. (laughs) Exactly. And it was super duper cool. It was one of my like nerdgasm moments. Yeah. So (laughs) was it, was it like a, could you tell, was it like a VHS copy or was it like a legit, like, um, I think it was actually, well, I think it was a digitized version. I don't think they were using an actual film projector for it. So I think it was probably. Somebody made a uh, a rip, like a digital rip from an original film because okay. it definitely was like you know had all the scratches and the and the audio pops and all the stuff. Yeah, like, like a it was VHS taken, it was ripped directly. Well, no, even before that, like like with film, like the old oh, school. Wow. Okay. Film. Uh, so it had all that stuff there. All the artifacts were there from film, but I believe they presented it digitally. So, okay. Yeah. No, that that's that's so good. Yeah, I I someday I'll have to seek it. Out. I I guarantee you that there's like I YouTube probably wouldn't have it because of copyright. So I'm 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 willing to bet that there's probably like an archive.org version out there somewhere. I'm willing to yes, bet that it's probably out there yeah, somewhere. 
There's no doubt. And you can find a clip of it, I'm sure, on YouTube because they're they're right. they're pretty generous with with allowing movie clips on YouTube. And also uh the Star Wars franchise has for a long time allowed people to uh to take clips and in, in audio sounds and things like that and, and paradise mm-hmm. or parody parody the, the the film or um you know pay homage to the films or whatever without yeah. inflicting uh you know like DMCA takedowns. Yeah, like stuff. a rap of Lucas film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh so. sp- speaking of um artifacts and you know compression and stuff (laughs) here's something that i want to point out and i don't know if this is a an instance of see i don't know if this is an instance of technology at the time or or what but something that i noticed very like when i was watching this movie you can tell Mm. that there are a lot of moments where the audio shifts and becomes noticeably a lot more clearer in certain (laughs) sections of the movie Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. i'm trying to and i'm like okay that must be like that must be like an audio dub like they had to re-record it in the booth right but it kept happening all throughout the movie like i was so surprised at like how often (laughs) it was happening to the point where like you can very clearly tell which version of the audio was the original take mm. and which one was mm. one that mm. they recorded in the booth. It, it's so noticeable. And it's like, I couldn't get over yeah. that. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it really is noticeable, but I guess it didn't bother me that much. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, so when they, when they started playing with the film and like doing the, the re-releases and things like that, they remastered the audio but for the for the new scenes that they were adding in and you know things like McClunky and bullshit like that, uh, you know, of course that was new recorded material. So yeah, I guess there there's it's really hard to to uh you know make it sound exactly the same. So the, there's yeah. gonna be a little bit of artifacting. But it but it wasn't even uh, like those scenes. Like it, it there were mm-hmm. there were scenes where like, you know, Han Solo would say a line in the booth or you know princess late I, I know i'm using oh, I their see. i know i'm using their character names but like you sure, know, sure. Like, yeah but like but like even even those like main characters and it was happening so often like i don't know if this mm. is a, a an effect of the disney plus version but to be mm. honest it's like either like i would almost prefer it if like either fix the entire audio of the original cut too right or mm-hmm. or make the dubs intentionally worse so that they're at least somewhat close like so that it's not so obvious you know what i mean like because i yeah. could, i just could not get over that interesting yeah that's, that's something that that had never really bothered me but of course now my next viewing that i'm just gonna be fixated on the audio oh my quality. god no, no, like seriously, like I'm telling you right now, like once you once you notice it the first time, it's like you can't not unnotice it like throughout the entire movie. It's like it's like honestly at that point, like I, I honestly wish they would have made the audio intentionally worse so that it would so that it would match up. Like I was so sick of it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> OK, it was it All was right. wild. Yeah. So it, it, of course, let, let's talk about some classic lines, some standout moments throughout the film. Of course, there are so many, but let, let's oh, let's yeah, let's yeah. try to rapid fire through some of these because there, there's a lot of them. Okay. First yep. of all, all right, what you got? 
first of all, I want to talk about blue milk. What is the deal with blue milk? What's the deal with no, no but um but seriously, <laughs> like what is the deal with the blue milk? Like why is this a thing? I don't understand it. So that's one of those things like we were talking about like things that happened in the cantina and the we don't serve droids here and all that sort of thing. It was just set dressing. It was just something in the background. It's different than Earth, right? So it's it's like, you know, ooh, what could be the story behind this? And it just became, it just is, kind of became a trope. Um, you know, people w- doing a parody would have to make a blue liquid and call it blue milk, or uh, like in the in the later sequels, they would intentionally put blue milk in there as like a you know an homage to the original and things like that. But it just kind of just just became but almost an ironic trope of Star Wars where originally it didn't mean anything it was literally yeah. just set dressing y- you know what it was it's like when when people were pointing it out in the watch party it's like oh the blue milk thing and, w- and what's funny mm-hmm. is we also watched the um uh, squid brought up a um the bad lip dub of Star Wars where the, where like uh-huh. where it's like that song or whatever and they mentioned the blue milk thing like to me, yeah. like when it was first brought up in the watch party, I swear to God, I thought it was something where like the like the like when they were remastered the films or whatever to make it look better. <laughs> like I thought like for some reason that that was the reason why people were pointing it out. But no, apparently it's just like an actual thing, like in the original movie, yeah. too. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. I, it, it was so weird. And that's it. It doesn't mean anything. It's just something that somebody noticed and now everybody notices it. And yeah, it's out. like you can't unsee it now, too. It's, it's right. the hilarious right. part. Also, sure. also those wipe transitions. I, yeah, those are iconic, man. They're iconic. iconic. But like for me, it's like watching all those transitions. I felt like I was watching a TV show and not a movie. What's <laughs> weird. That's what's weird about it, too. It's like they weren't well, bad. And, they weren't bad, right? Yeah. But it just made it well, feel I think so a lot out of place. A lot of TV shows that use those wipe transitions are doing it because George Lucas made it cool with Star Wars. Uh, that's like a that's that's kind of like an. I'm not saying that George Lucas created the wipe transition, but like he popularized it. Like right. he used it in his film generously. Like every scene transition is a wipe. And that really multiple wasn't a versions, thing, I, I might add. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I mentioned it earlier about um the jaw jo- the jo- the jo- Jawas. Is that how you say it? The jaw Jawas, yeah, Jawas, Jawas. yeah, right. Yeah, like their backstory. Like, like don't get me wrong; it's a very important element to the story, right? Because they're uh-huh. the ones that bring R two D two and C three PO to Luke Skywalker in the first place, right? Sure. So very, yep. they yep. are very much an essential character, um, and and very essential in moving that plot point forward, right? Mm-hmm. However, there really is it's their backstory is kind of left intentionally vague. Right. And it's kind yeah, of one of those sure, same thing. Sure. It's kind of the same thing we were talking about the cantina thing where it's like it's intentionally left vague just because. Right. Yeah. Spark the imagination. Like what what do you think the Jawas are? You know, and then what whatever you say is isn't incorrect. Now, 
th- th- there's backstory and all kinds of stuff sure. now, you know, 40, 40 plus years later, because every, everything that you see on screen has a name now and, and so on and so forth. But in 1977, no, like none of that was in place. It was like, here's a cool thing here. You know what? We need some junk traders. Let's make them look interesting. Let's give them an yeah. interesting vehicle. And here you go. Whatever the audience thinks they are, then cool. I yeah, guess that's because because there's because yeah. they're not really ever brought up again in any any of the in any of the next movies, are they? Uh, no. You see Jawas in other in other material. I'll oh, just leave you do. it there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. No, that that's that's good. Um, <laughs> I so I'm trying to think of my own um my own backstory for them right now. I ah, I think okay. So here here is here's my theory about that right my theory is that they um my, my theory is that they saw r2d2 and c3po there and they know that they don't belong there right and so mm. in my mind i think it's just them you know not kidnapping them for the reason of oh we're gonna take them in and find out what they know but it's more just a matter of hey, get this trash out of our area. What are you doing here? Ah, okay, yeah. So they're they're just out there cleaning up the desert, right? Yeah, I don't, I trash. don't think they, yeah. I don't think they are involved with Darth Vader or any of that stuff at all. That's my. Okay, that's so my they're theory. janitors. They're they're the desert janitors. Got it. Exactly. Okay. I, yeah, I, I buy it. Yeah, that's I my that's my theory. I'm sticking <laughs> with it. <laughs> I like it. So. Of course, uh, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Obviously, like such an iconic line, right? And now, mm-hmm. and now that I know the context behind it, it's just even, even more so. Like s- such, a, it, it's a good line in the respect of I. I'll remember the first time. The first time I remember hearing the phrase "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi" was, um, I think it was back when the Motorola phones, like when Google bought the Motorola phones and you could set oh my the, um, you could set the, um, the wake word on the assistant, which by the way, the fact that Motorola had that way before everyone else and they, and, and all the other assistants still haven't copied that. Anyway, that's, yeah, that, that's yeah, another yeah. discussion, but. And that, and that was the droid, right? The Motorola, Motorola droid. No, 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 no. I think it was the Moto X. Like it was when oh, was when it? Google okay, bought okay. Motorola. And anyway, that's a, okay. That that's a that's a separate conversation entirely. But yeah, but that, sure. but that but I remember that was one of the that was one of the um that was one of the things I heard someone had put that as their phrase. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, and that was what launched their assistant. Nice. Right. Nice. And so now to hear that in the movie and given the context of how princess Leia is saying it, like it's Mm. so much, it's so much more, it's so much more powerful and it's that much more of an iconic line, you know? Yeah. And you can, and you can just fill in whatever you want. Like help me W Scott is one. You're my only hope. (laughs) True. Yeah. You really could (laughs) replace Obi-Wan Kenobi with pretty much anyone. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, also, uh, we were we we kind of were talking about this in the watch party, but it's like, but it's like, let me remove the resistor so that I can play the entire message. I mean, removing the resistor, yeah, that kind of, I don't know, that seemed that seemed kind of obvious to me, you know. I don't know. Yeah, but it was also like that was R two D two tricking Luke in 
into removing it mm-hmm. uh, because because that um, that device also kept the droid like a prisoner basically uh, the droids aren't able to like go far away as long as they have the uh, that bolt installed so mm-hmm. when when he told C-3PO to tell Luke that removing that bolt will help him play the message that was like him tricking Luke into uh, letting him escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Be- speaking that's of- something like you you pick up on that like on second or third viewing is is where that becomes obvious. I see. I see. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of mind tricks, uh, pulling some stormtrooper mind <laughs> tricks with these aren't the droids you're looking for. Another yeah, iconic speaking of line. iconic lines. Yeah. 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 Like, absolutely like and that's the first time that we've ever seen like a stormtrooper mind tra- i think that's the only one in that particular film too right yeah there's yeah that that's pretty much it i mean there was a there was another trick that obi-wan pulled where he like made a sound happen on the other side of the room to trick mm-hmm. stormtroopers or whatnot but the one the jedi mind trick where like i get you to think something different mm-hmm. um, yeah that's that was the first appearance and that's the only instance of it in that movie and 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 because I remember seeing a clip, um, because Fortnite had that Star Wars crossover, um, back in mm. I think it was around December time of 2019 when the when the film was being released. Um, I forget which yep. one it was came out at that time, but I remember yep, the, the that Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. That's what it was. Yeah, and I remember they showed mm-hmm. a clip, and that clip was basically um them doing the stormtrooper mind trick. So I'm like. Oh, that's what that is. Oh my God. Right. Like, so to to having, after having seen that clip, because I kind of knew that that was a thing. Right. But, but it wasn't until I saw that clip in the Fortnite event that they showed Mm -hmm. that it was like, Oh yep, That's the mind tricks that they're doing. And then to see it in that original movie, which, and, and I'm surprised that that was the only time that they ever did that in that particular movie. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. they must've yeah, liked it, it, it enough to bring it back numerous times. Yeah, for sure. It definitely pops up uh, throughout the saga. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, going down the garbage chute may not have been the best strategy. Like, uh, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, honestly, I will say like that, that's, that that scene uh when um Luke Skywalker almost like drowns in the sewage I'm just like ugh. like I right like, I was a right? little grossed out by that I'm not gonna lie yes know? yes I, yeah I, that grossed me out as a kid like I was like oh that's just that's the worst yeah no. yeah but I mean hey R two D two and C three PO coming in to save the day again right like oh yeah yep yep Johnny on the spot with that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, I I can't get over this one because like, listen, I know it's I know it's a story and I know you got to have like these tropes in here. But like Princess Leia giving a kiss to Luke Skywalker for it's for good luck. Sure. okay. is that what we're calling (laughs) it now? (laughs) Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, I mean, this was so. Not only is it a you know, like a a modern fantasy tale, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good and evil knight rescuing the princess kind of thing, uh, but it's also the late seventies. So this this was it seemed appropriate then. <laughs> yeah, and also this is before. Oh, actually, never mind. That would have Yo, the next yep. thing I would have said would have been spoiler. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, 
No, but uh, I I know I I know what goes on between um, Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Let's just say that uh, things develop. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, uh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> moving <of> on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's a whole that's a whole other conversation too. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, speaking, uh, speaking of Leia, though. Yeah, no, but yeah, speaking of Princess Leia, like the pronunciation of Princess Leia, so weird in this movie. Why is she pronounced Princess Leia? Is it Leia, right? That they yeah, use? Leia. Yeah, Leia. Leia is the character name, but they they will sometimes use the pronunciation Leah. Leah, that's and, what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that that pops up even in later movies with different actors pronouncing character names differently. Um, part of that is because George Lucas came up with crazy ass words and names and didn't coach his actors on on how to, on how to say it. <laughs> so, yeah, so they would they would do a take and the take was good except the actor said the name weird. They didn't do another take. They just printed that one. And they, well, that actor said, like Peter Cushing, for example, said Leah a couple of times. Um, the actor that played uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, uh-huh. he said Leah a couple of times. And because I, I imagine anyway, it's because Peter Cushing's performance was so good that they're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to ask him to redo that. That was great. It was perfect. Right. It's unfortunate that he said Leah instead of Leah, but who gives a shit? Print it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like sure like to a, to a certain point, it's like uh, it's like the take was so good that it's like, ugh, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's all that is. I'm, I'm sure George <laughs> Lucas is dying on the inside, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, most likely. Yeah. Speaking of major spoilers, um, because because this this right here basically like gives away about half the movie if I say this line. But of course, you know, this is the, we're talking about the movie. If you, if if you have not like, if, if you're like, oh, I can't, no spoiler. Like if you, if you've gotten to this point already and it's like, come on, <laughs> right. first of all, but it's second your of own all, damn fault. yeah, it's your <laughs> own fault. But second of all, like major, speaking of major spoilers, Obi-Wan Kenobi dying to Darth Vader. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing. I'm trying to remember what exactly happened because I don't know what it was, but to me, it didn't look like he tried to stop Darth Vader. Like at the end when Luke witnesses what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. It it didn't look like he, Obi-Wan tried to stop Darth Vader from what I could tell. But then again, maybe the right. watch party might have clouded my memory of that, but I don't think no, it did. No, 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 no. You, you remember it correctly. You remember it correctly. So Obi-Wan sacrificed himself uh, to give basically a distraction so Luke and Han and Leia and Chewie and the droids could get away. Uh-huh. Not, only, not only was he providing a distraction and sacrificed himself, but also he had learned how to like, like pass on to the other side and basically become a like Jedi ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, so by, by Vader killing him and, you know, that allowed Obi-Wan to transition to the other side where that gave him the ability to communicate with Luke through the force. So mm-hmm. because Obi-Wan's an old man, his days are over. Luke is the new hero, right? right. He's the new Jedi Knight. 
So it gave him the ability to, no matter where Luke is in the galaxy, he could go to Luke and give him advice mm-hmm. and and help him with with certain so, things. So in a sense, it, it um, Darth Vader killing Obi Wan is actually kind of a good thing. Yes, yes, it, it allowed Obi Wan to level up <laughs> by, right. by moving and, on, and it, and it helps Luke ultimately, you know, defeat yep. Darth Vader this this time around. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Because of course, this will be a day long remembered, right? <laughs> yes, but not not for the reason that that he thought when he said that line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because he says uh, this was Vader saying, uh, "This will be a day long remembered." It saw the the death of Obi Wan Kenobi, and will soon see the end of the rebellion, mm-hmm. or, or something very close to that. And right. uh, that's not what happened at all. The nope. rebels got the win on this one. Uh, so, right, yeah, but yeah. it was a day long remembered for sure. Yeah, just not, just not for Darth Vader. <laughs> right, and right. you know, tr- trust your, trust your feelings, Luke. Like it, it, this is another one where it's just like, okay, yeah, it's a little corny, but I mean, hey, it worked. Like Luke ultimately wins the fight, so. You know, who am I sure. to say? Yeah, right. Trust, trust your feelings was, I mean, that's another thing that it wasn't a thing before George Lucas put it in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems corny and tropey to us now, but this is 40 plus years later. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1977, just, oh, that's a cool thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like speaking to the, to the magic of the force, you know, trust True. your feelings, go with your instinct. Like, Mm-hmm. There, there. You know, the force will guide you. You know, God will help you if you just trust Him. And you know, you know, it's right. the same. It's the same language, basically, as as religion and you know, the force for good sort of thing. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> but I I gotta end this with one with a complaint here because here's the thing. You know, they have that ceremony at the end where you know Princess Leia ah, basically yes. bestows like. I, you could consider as bestowing the honor upon um, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, you know, for saving yep. the day, you know, and everything. And R two D two and C three PO get none of the credit whatsoever, Spe- specifically R two D two because he was the one running this entire operation, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Chewbacca didn't get a medal either. They right. even had Chewbacca march down with Luke and Han. No medal for Chewie. Nope. Sorry, Chewie. Eat shit. Yep. Sorry, Chewie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Humans only. We don't serve medals to your kind. <laughs> we don't uh, serve medals to your kind. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the droids are getting the shit end of the stick. I mean, my God. <laughs> yep. Uh, you better be human or you're not getting the recognition you deserve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For oh, sure. bad. Sure. So. <laughs> I think I think that's a good I think that's a good discussion of Star Wars. Of course, we've got plenty of more Star Wars movies to go here, so there'll be plenty oh, more sure. to say in future podcasts. <laughs> so yeah, and I could get I could go I could go another six hours just talking about this movie by itself. Oh yeah. Oh oh, of course, of course. <laughs> so uh, so Kent, uh, what thumbs up rating would you give this movie? <laughs> However many thumbs I can gather together, they're all going to be pointed up. This is my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Star Wars. Yeah. In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
Now, uh, here here comes the moment of truth. My rating of this movie. All right. Thumbs up. It's a thumbs up. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So, yeah. I'm no. so happy. Yeah, this was such a fun movie. And, and like I said earlier, it's like knowing the characters beforehand didn't really affect the story too much. I mean, it did like just slightly, a little bit. Like it was a little less exciting, but but it was still yeah. great. Like I knew all of the characters ahead of time. I knew like kind of the story arc ahead of time. And it was and and to me that made it even more enjoyable because if I were seeing this for the very first time, like there would be some stuff that I wouldn't understand to be hard to follow. And I don't like it when I can't follow things too well. <laughs> right. So so yeah, this was fantastic such a great movie and i can't wait to check out all the other star wars movies because there's a lot there's a lot more to uh to cover and we're going to be covering them all on this movie including yes i know some people are not going to like that we're covering episode one i know but uh, you have to eventually <laughs> right it's it's for it's for the purposes of the show we got to all right i i'm sorry we got to <laughs> but uh but ken i'm sure we'll have you on many more times to cover a lot more of these star wars movies uh absolutely when, when, when you're not talking it. about star wars uh where can people find you yeah, ritualmisery.com for all the stuff that we've got going on over there. Um, but if I'm not doing anything creative with a show, uh, just check out my Twitter, rm underscore del noche. Sometimes I'm making dad jokes on there. Sometimes I'm I'm sharing links to really cool stuff. Um, sometimes I'm making fun of Willie on there. So definitely check out. <laughs> me I mean, Twitter. I mean, especially calling me a uh, <laughs> like asking if I am a bitch in reference to. Uh, <laughs> me being uh marcellus wallace <laughs> yeah that was totally a pulp fiction joke i but, was and, not and, calling and also, out in a serious way <laughs> and, and also the answer to that question is no <laughs> of course yeah that's got to be the answer to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah the answer is of course no <laughs> yeah because the answer cannot be what yeah 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 so you want to get no <laughs> that's a different show different show <laughs> I'm uh, doing a watch party for each of the movies that we review on the show. If you want to watch the movies along with myself and fellow listeners, I, I'm telling you right now, we had a jam packed watch party for this one, folks. So um, every watch party, I stream it live over on my Twitch, where you can also find me twice a week over at twitch.tv slash Scott is one doing all kinds of gaming content over there. But if if you're like, oh, but I missed the watch party for Star Wars. It was probably such a good time. I'm going to miss out. Like, uh, we're never going to see it again, right? Nope. <laughs> we have the watch party available exclusively to those of you who are supporting the show on Patreon. You can get it in your very own RSS feed over at patreon.com slash is one Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who is continuing to support me. Uh, especially through this uh, transition, like I mentioned earlier, like always appreciated. Uh, if you have thoughts about the movie we discussed today, you can join the Cinemavention channel in our Discord. Um, we got tons of people talking in there even now. Uh, we got Kuan, uh, Pathway, Captain Jack, so many different people talking even right now uh, during this uh, during this recording. That's over at Cinema or at 
GameNightDiscord.com. Look for the Cinemavention channel in there. Uh, if you have any other feedback, you can also send me an email. Email at Cinemavention.com. Go check out Cinemavention.com for all the previous episodes and movies that we've talked about on this show. And subscribe while you're there. Just look look for your favorite podcatcher. Search for Cinemavention. Chances are we're probably going to be there. So go subscribe and leave a review. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>